Good morning. It's February 27th, and this is your daily brief in world news. Here's everything you need to know. In a significant stride towards bolstering European security, Hungary's parliament has cleared the path for Sweden to join NATO. This move is not just about expanding the alliance, but also about sending a strong message of unity and determination in the face of evolving security challenges. The backdrop of this development is deeply intertwined with the geopolitical shifts in Europe, particularly following Russia's invasion of Ukraine. This aggressive act prompted Finland to join NATO, marking a significant shift in the region's security dynamics. The inclusion of Sweden following Finland underscores the alliance's commitment to strengthening its eastern flank against potential threats. Despite initial hesitations from Turkey and Hungary, which momentarily cast a shadow over Sweden's NATO bid, these concerns have been successfully addressed, paving the way for this momentous decision. The procedural steps remaining for Sweden's full integration into NATO include the formal deposit of the accession protocol in the United States and a symbolic flag-raising ceremony at NATO's headquarters in Brussels. This expansion of NATO, heralded by Sweden's inclusion, is a clear countermeasure to the security threats looming over the region. It also represents a significant diplomatic setback for Russian President Vladimir Putin, who has witnessed the alliance grow stronger and more united in response to his actions in Ukraine. As Sweden moves closer to becoming a full-fledged member of NATO, the world watches a significant shift in the security landscape of Europe. This development not only strengthens the alliance, but also reaffirms the collective resolve to maintain peace and stability in the face of challenges. The final steps of Sweden's accession will mark a new chapter in NATO's history, further solidifying its role as a pivotal force for security in the region. In a display of unrest, Belgian farmers recently took to the streets of Brussels, clashing with police during a demonstration that coincided with a meeting of the European Union's agriculture ministers. This protest saw an impressive turnout, with 900 tractors and 700 foreign protesters causing disturbances and confrontations with law enforcement, highlighting the depth of the farmers' grievances. The root of the protest lies in the farmers' dissatisfaction with their economic conditions, particularly their income levels, which stand at an average of 96% of that of salaried workers. This issue is not isolated to Belgium, but is part of a larger movement across Europe, with farmers in France, Spain, the Netherlands, and Bulgaria also taking to the streets to voice similar concerns. In response to the protests, EU agriculture ministers acknowledged the farmers' grievances and pledged to introduce new measures aimed at addressing their concerns. They also criticized the Commission for the current situation, indicating a rift within the EU's approach to agricultural policy. Notably, the Portuguese minister requested a temporary exemption from certain environmental rules until 2027, suggesting a potential shift in policy to accommodate the farmers' demands. As the situation unfolds, an investigation has been launched to identify and hold accountable those involved in the disturbances. This incident underscores the growing tension between agricultural workers and EU policymakers, and it remains to be seen how the EU will navigate these challenges and reconcile the needs of its farmers with broader environmental and economic policies. In summary, the recent protest in Brussels represents a critical moment for European agriculture, signaling a widespread dissatisfaction among farmers and a call for significant policy revisions. As the EU grapples with these demands, the future of European agriculture hangs in the balance, 
with the potential for further unrest if solutions are not found. Palestinian Authority Prime Minister Mohammad Shtayeh has submitted his resignation. This move marks a pivotal moment in the ongoing Israeli-Palestinian conflict, signaling the start of a reform process that has been influenced by demands from the United States. The resignation is not just about a change in leadership, it's about adapting to the new reality in the Gaza Strip and setting the stage for Mohammad Mustafa, a U.S.-educated economist, to potentially take the helm as the new prime minister. The Palestinian Authority, once a symbol of Palestinian aspirations for statehood, now finds itself at a crossroads. Its legitimacy and popularity have been waning, and it's under pressure from Hamas, which is demanding the release of Palestinian leader Marwan Barghouti. Amidst these internal challenges, the United States has put forth a proposal for a post-war settlement. This plan, which involves Saudi Arabia and Israel, aims to revitalize the Palestinian Authority. However, it has not received full support from the Israeli government. The Palestinian Authority's challenges are manifold, relations with Israel are strained, and the PA's security coordination with Israel is unpopular among Palestinians. Furthermore, the PA has faced criticism from Israel for providing financial aid to the families of Palestinian prisoners and those killed by Israeli forces. As the Palestinian Authority embarks on this reform process, the governance of Gaza and the prospects for a Palestinian state alongside Israel are more uncertain than ever. The path ahead is fraught with obstacles, but this resignation could be the first step toward addressing the deep-seated issues at the heart of the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. In a pivotal gathering in Paris, French President Emmanuel Macron, alongside other European leaders, tackled the critical issues surrounding the war in Ukraine and the looming specter of Russian aggression extending beyond its current borders. This assembly underscored the urgency of bolstering Europe's defense mechanisms and the potential expansion of Western military support to Ukraine in the face of increasing threats. The discussions in Paris brought to light a significant proposal aimed at reinforcing Ukraine's military capabilities, spearheaded by the Czech Republic and garnering support from at least 15 countries, including a notable 100 million euro commitment from the Netherlands. The initiative focuses on supplying Ukraine with much-needed ammunition. Despite the momentum, the assembly stopped short of reaching a consensus on deploying EU soldiers to Ukrainian soil, with President Macron emphasizing that all options remain on the table. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky's participation highlighted a crucial narrative. The imperative to curb Russian President Vladimir Putin's ambitions of extending military aggression beyond Ukraine. This call to action resonates against the backdrop of the EU's sluggish pace in delivering on its military aid promises, with only 30% of the pledged artillery shells making their way to Ukraine thus far. The meeting, which also saw participation from leaders of Germany, the UK, and the US, was not just a diplomatic formality, but a concerted effort to strengthen Europe's resolve and capabilities in supporting Ukraine and deterring Russian advances. As the situation unfolds, the international community watches closely, understanding the profound implications of these discussions for the stability and security of Europe and beyond. In the shadow of ongoing ceasefire negotiations and hostage discussions in Paris, 
Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu is not backing down from the possibility of launching a ground offensive in Rafah, Gaza. This move comes amid a tense backdrop of international concern and diplomatic efforts to avoid further escalation in the region. Israel has laid out a plan which would allow Palestinian civilians in Rafah to move to the southern part of Gaza before any potential attack. However, these civilians would not be permitted to return to their homes in the northern Gaza Strip. This strategy is pending approval by the Israeli War Cabinet, sparking significant apprehension from the White House due to the lack of a credible civilian protection plan. Rafah, described as Hamas's last stronghold, is on the brink of a humanitarian crisis. The United Nations has highlighted the dire situation, with the city's approximately 1.4 million residents facing severe shortages of food and medicine. Despite these grim circumstances, there's a glimmer of hope as negotiations in Qatar have made progress towards a temporary ceasefire. The international community, including the UN, is deeply concerned about the potential escalation of military action and its devastating impact on the already critical humanitarian situation in Gaza. Netanyahu has indicated that while a hostage deal could delay the offensive on Rafah, the option of military action remains on the table if necessary. This leaves the civilians of Rafah in a precarious position, caught between the hope for peace and the fear of an uncertain future. As the situation remains fluid, the world watches closely. The decisions made in the coming days could either pave the way for a ceasefire or lead to further devastation in Gaza. This has been your daily brief in world news. To read more about these stories, follow the links in the episode bio. You can also subscribe to these updates via email at www.brief.news. For more daily podcasts about the topics you love, visit brief.news forward slash podcasts. Tune in tomorrow. We'll be back with everything you need to know.